Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Freedom of Species would like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, who are the traditional owners of the land on which we broadcast today. We pay our respect to the elders of all of the lands on which we meet across Australia. Welcome to Freedom of Species, the radio show that brings animal advocacy to the airwaves. My name's Trevor and Meg and myself. Hello, everyone. Absolutely. And we have a special guest today. Uh, His name is Michael and I'll introduce him in a little while. I just wanted to make a, a public service announcement before we get into the show. Um, So there is actually a vegan intersection art show on Wednesday, the 1st of November. That's when it starts, which happens to be World Vegan Day, going to Saturday, the 28th of November. And the opening night is on Wednesday, the 1st at 6 to 8 p.m. Uh, They're actually doing an open um, request for uh, entries and entries close on Sunday, the 14th of October. Um, so the Animal Justice Party Ballarat um, subregion group will be working with TBH Studios in the Bridge Mall in Ballarat to do a vegan art show. It's an all-vegan themed artwork um, and everyone is welcome to uh, submit um, their pieces and it's people of any skill level. So you do not have to be a Picasso or a, you know, a Leonardo. Uh, They'll be especially looking for artworks that explore intersectionality with veganism. Intersecting topics could be feminism, queer rights, uh, environmental issues, racial discrimination and more. And these artworks should ideally reflect the artist's own life experience. Uh, We will link to that in the show notes um, and we'll put that up so that people can uh, enter if they like or otherwise uh, send it off to others or view the show when it comes up. So that looks like it's going to be quite exciting. There could be a a future show on that uh, that art installation as well. We'll we'll see what we can do. Yeah, we'll get some more information. That'll be in the notes as well, won't it? Absolutely. Yeah, we'll pop that up. So today we just thought we'd let everyone know that the show topic is vegan tradies, working and living ethically in the trades and the industries. It's come up um, quite a number of times I've noticed in groups uh, and myself um, personally, I'm invested in this because I have recently uh, been training to be a blacksmith and so have encountered all the problems that these people encounter in their everyday lives for the the jobs that they actually do when they get paid. Um, So I I thought I'd introduce our guest. Uh, his name is Michael and he's a land surveyor. Uh, he's worked in surveying now for six years. A lot of his experience has been in small subdivisions and residential surveying, but he's also worked on a few renewable energy construction projects, including solar and wind farms. He went vegetarian in mid-2020 and vegan in November 2020 and hasn't looked back once. He's really excited to be on the radio and redeem himself after he bombed out when he only got one answer right on a late night quiz on ABC Radio. <laughs> 
Radio <laughs> Melbourne in 2017. Welcome, Michael. Thank you. You Thank bombed. You. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you won't bomb today. Not my <laughs> finest moment. But, uh... <laughs> but one of your most infinite, infamous. Yeah. yeah, I remember that one a little too well. Oh, um, that's okay. Yeah, we all do, don't we? You yeah. will not bomb out here, I promise you. We, okay. we'll, be, we'll be kind. It's Excellent. okay. Yeah. So have you studied? Um, your first question, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Instant It's panic. okay. He knows his stuff, see? <laughs> this time, they were asking you random questions. We're going to ask you questions about your job. So okay. one would hope you actually know the answers to the questions. Yeah, hopefully I don't get the same <laughs> imposter syndrome here I get at work. You're right. It's all good. We, we love you. Don't worry about it. Cool. Yeah, so Michael, um, you're a land surveyor, and so that's kind of working in the, you know, in the in, like in the trades, in the industries, yep. dealing with a lot of people that you know, say on construction sites, etc., on on work sites, those sorts of things. And we wanted to to do a show dealing with the difficulties and also with the positives that people face um, when they have to go into a world that perhaps is not so amenable to uh, ethical living. So yep. being a vegan, uh, you know, we want to look at things like, you know, safety gear, um, you know, your work boots, mm. your aprons, your gloves, you know, all those sorts of things. We want to also talk about anecdotes of what the culture's like, um, you know, the good and the bad, you know, how is it going when, you know, when you have like work um, lunches and all of those sorts of yep. things. So maybe if we get into um, – why don't we start with something like just something simple like safety gear? Because I noticed that's a big issue, and I have come across safety gear as a big issue in in the, in blacksmithing. Mm. So yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, so for me, it hasn't been too bad. Like the the PPE requirements for surveying, uh, like it's high vis, which is usually just cotton, so that's fine. Mm. Um, and and like hard hat and glasses, which are plastics, that's also fine. Um, the only thing for us is really the the safety boots. Um, which I found fairly, like I did a little bit of research online and was able to find a pair fairly easily. And luckily my work was like, they're pretty supportive and pretty chill. Like, Oh, that's good. Yeah. So mm-hmm. when I, when I was looking at, I, we have like, like a safety shop that we normally, that we have an account with that we normally go to that one. I just spoke mm-hmm. to my manager. I'm like, Hey, I need to get vegan boots. Can I just go to this other shop and use the card? And he's like, yeah, that's fine. And there's, they still give you – do they give you a reimbursement? Is that how you do it? Well, or? I've got a company card. Oh, okay. So and they just allow you And they just gave me permission to use it for that yeah. that time to, to get the, the vegan boots rather than leather boots. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty handy. Oh, that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I've done as well, I sort of put this out so that we could get a number of different voices. Uh, and we, I actually got some um, some people who work in the trades and, and industry uh, across Australia, which is really good. A couple of anecdotes that sort of work in here. Um, so Jake, who's an electrician from Hobart, Hobart sorry, says, um, I'm an electrician and I find it very hard to find vegan boots. Yes, they exist, but not to the spe- specification most sites uh, I'll work at. Mm. Uh, plus, the price can be prohibitive, especially for something that's good quality. Most boots I wear last about six to eight months, and I don't want to go spending a large amount of money on boots every six months. Our company also pays $225 towards boots when you need them, and the only place that we can buy them is a large countrywide safety store, which only stock a few brands. Oh, no. So I know, and and you think about it, like you know, we, we've got a pretty good. Some of us, you know, like you know, people who who need these safety equipment, they've got good bosses who are quite flexible. Yeah. But then some other people don't have, and they're saying, you know, if you want that reimbursement, you have to get it from this particular store. Uh, that's it. 
mate. Mm. You have they haven't got what you want. Tough. Yeah. You know. And you know, just to reiterate for, for people, um, you know, when when we talk about safety gear, we're talking about gear that's actually saving you from injury. Um, you know, so in in my case, I'm working with uh, red hot, white hot metal. Um, you know, sparks, yeah. all of those things. You absolutely need safety gear. You can't get away with not wearing the safety gear that you need. Yeah. And you know, I'm I'm assuming it's true or for less a lot than of industries. Exactly. Gear. You know, and yeah. that's the thing. Like, uh, it can't just be. You know, if your ethical safety gear compromises your safety, yep. that's an issue for you. Well, and yeah. also if your safety gear is not correct, like for the site, you won't be allowed to work. If it's not yeah. spec, exactly. Yeah. You can't. And that's and that's exactly what um, a few people have said. Yeah. So, yeah, it is, it's a it's a bad thing. Like, you know, it, it's mm. to, I'm to saying do something. It is, it is good yeah. that if you have the wrong safety gear, you can't work, but it should be more inclusive is what I'm it, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. it should be more accessible. Yeah. And we we should have more options um, than we do yeah. at the moment. So it sounds yeah. like at the moment, from those sort of two perspectives, like yours, Michael, firsthand, and the one from Jake, I think it was, is yeah. that it's sort of at the moment boils down to who you work with and how accommodating they are, rather than being sort of enshrined in the rules or the law that you've got these op- options or ways to be able to, you know, combine what's required for safety at work with also your personal ethics. Like at the moment, your only way of navigating that is dependent on if you've got a good boss or not, basically. It can be. It's also... Also for, I think it was Jake, right? For his um, accessibility to a a suitable store that sells the right stuff as well. well that's as, I guess yeah. what I'm saying is like the policy that has to be from that uh, store. Yeah. So it's like mm. if you've got a good boss, they might be lenient and let you go to a different store and still get reimbursed or whatever. But if they want to play by the book, the book doesn't actually enshrine that ability of that law book, so to speak, or rule book, whatever you want to call it. Yep. doesn't give you the ability to do it. You have to rely on having a good boss or a nice boss or superior that can let you do that. Yeah. Mm. And you've also got the issue of um, some of the people that uh, sort of wrote in their anecdotes said, you know, look, accessibility in, you know, country Australia is not as good as it is in city Australia. Um, you know, so you you do have the issue of not just, you know, whether you have a good boss that's willing to let you go somewhere else, it's where can you get it from? Mm. And Often you know, on short notice as well. Exactly. Yeah. You know, you might yeah. have to have it on short notice. And things like, um, you know, I, I, I knew for myself that I did not want to get a pair of boots off online um, because if I'm going to be walking around in them, I, they have to be comfortable. They have to be something that I, I can walk yeah, around in. I'm not worried about it. The wrong size or exactly. a slightly different size. You want yeah. to be able to test it first. I need to concentrate it. on what I'm doing rather yeah. than concentrating on how uncomfortable my, my boots are. Um, but uh, there's um, another anecdote I'll read out here, and this is kind of comes into the equipment thing as well. Um, Ryan, who's a construction manager right here, a construction manager slash foreman uh, right here in Melbourne, he says, I've had pretty f- positive p- feedback from guys on site. I find when it comes up in conversation, um, most are surprised. Um, they get all the usual things from uh, like, like from where, where do you get your protein? Um, where do you, you know? <laughs> When are you putting on the Barbie, jokingly and everything? I've just realized I'm reading out the wrong one, but I'll, I'll keep going with you, Ryan. <laughs> Sorry about that. This is this is basically anecdotes of how he's being received um, as a vegan, right. as a manager foreman. Um, and he says, then I started talking positively about how I felt, how long I've been able to maintain it, how physically active I am. And then they tend to leave the conversation with more info and a different perspective. So he says he's turned a few guys vegan that way, yeah, right. which is wow. really interesting. Yeah. Mm. 
And he said, um, just going along with that, Ryan says, many years ago, I used to do barbecues on site. I'd go to the market early morning and put on a feast. Now I don't do that. And I supply a barbecue for the guys, like an actual um, equipment barbecue, to do their own thing. And when I say I won't supply anything or won't cook anything, some are perplexed, but most are curious. And most guys will offer to get me some products so I, um, you know, so that I can have something. Uh, the biggest sites will get a mob mentality and, and pick on anyone they can. Uh, there's mm. still that schoolyard bully atmosphere rife in the industry, and I've I've heard that um, mm. quite a bit. Um, there's always there'll always be that guy who loves to think that he's the shit by commenting bacon or something. I've heard it all before, so now I just give a wry grin and go on my merry way. Uh, and he says it depends on who he's worked for, but regarding boots, there's either an allowance and he pays the difference. Or I pay for them outright and claim it back on tax. He's always mm. gotten magnums, um, but recently he's got the steel blues and they're quite comfortable. And, uh, yeah, magnums and steel blues are two of the boots that I've noticed people talk about a lot um, when they talk about durable um, vegan boots, which is really good. Okay. And then there's the other one. Just This is another one in regards to equipment. This is uh, Sebastian, who's a welder from Melbourne. I find welding gear difficult, always burning through synthetic stuff, melting my skin, plenty of burns and boots disintegrating. It's not ideal. Yeah, it is not (laughs) ideal at all. Sorry, Sebastian. Uh, Lots of vegan boots and glove choices, but they can't handle grinding and welding. Uh, Most of my work is um, building, but as soon as I do some metalwork, gloves and boots die. He also says, this is is a funny one, um, his pet peeve is the free trade brekkie at Bunnings. It's never vegan. (laughs) He says, I know I'm in the minority, but I like to dream big. And even a sausage roll, like a vegan sausage roll would be nice. It's not overly expensive. So, yeah. Mm. And I I echo Sebastian's sentiments um, working with hot metal. I've noticed that um, the synthetic glove that I use, and unfortunately I'm a little stupid and I touch black heat metal, (laughs) which isn't good for your gloves. And I've noticed that it's, it's not holding up. So, Mm. um, and, and again, it's not just the accessibility of the equipment. It's also the durability of the ethical equipment that you're using. Um, you know, and, and that's, that's a big problem. It's something that we, you know, we obviously have to take into account. Can I just ask on that? Is it that the better alternatives that a vegan don't yet exist or they're just really expensive that people are getting the cheaper, not quite good enough ones because that's all they can afford. What do you reckon, Michael? Um, in, well, I don't really have that issue in my work, so I'm not really sure. Like, yeah, as I said, I boots are what... <laughs> Bits yeah, are fairly easy for me to find. I don't know about yeah. heat work. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I personally think um, it's a it's a mixture of both. So you've got yeah. an issue of um, a lot of the metalwork gloves. So anything that you, I, in my experience, which I'm I'm a filthy casual. I don't do this <laughs> as a job. I'm just a filthy yeah. casual blacksmith. Um, in my experience, um, when you go to places like RSEA, which is a big safety gear um, store. Um, or Bunnings or wherever, you know, you walk in there and every single welding glove is leather, every single one. You can't find a non-leather heat-resistant glove. So you've got to get it online so you Mm. don't know what the quality is like and you have to kind of go on reviews and everything like that. And then the price is a bit prohibitive as well. So a lot of the time it's coming from – so the MIG welding gloves that I got from a business called Keep Vegan Mean, KVM, um, they're made of an aramid fiber, which is um, like it's it's used by the astronauts. It's like heat resistant, wow. etc. Wow. Yeah. Um, but if you look at how much it is with regards to, because it comes from America, um, it's like 85, 90 bucks for a pair of gloves. And if you're 
you know, you're beating them every day. You're using them for metal work. You're welding and you're doing stuff. I don't know how, how long they held up because I don't, I don't do that every day. Yep. But, yeah. you know, you've got to have something that's durable if you're going to keep. And it, people talk about this vegan tax, you know. People who work in the trades are being taxed for trying to source ethical choices. Yeah. And, you know, you've got to because it's an issue because it's a safety issue. Um, but you do have to understand that, like, you know, it is an issue pe- for people who don't perhaps have as much money to source these things that are quite expensive. It's it's a barrier, essentially. Mm. Yeah. But I was – we can get back to equipment and everything, but um, we had a few um, anecdotes uh, about – the culture of being in the in an industry um, that's you know so often male dominated. Yep. It's uh, it's quite a traditional. You can get elements of you know toxic masculinity and and all of these sorts of things. And and it's it's a very sort of non changing environment. A lot of these um, ones. Do you want to talk about um, both the good and the bad uh, elements of you come you working in an industry that is you know perhaps not as conducive to these these ethical lifestyles. Yeah, so there's I definitely have experienced both good and bad. Um the the main like the common bad thing you'll get is what you get as a vegan <clears throat> anywhere really you know yeah. you someone will have someone will offer you some food and you'll say oh no do you have any vegan food and they'll say no and then and that's it. <laughs> and then everyone else, like, for example, on one of the wind farms I worked on every Friday, they would have a, a sausage sizzle. And I asked, I was there every two weeks and I asked them one, one week, oh, do you have any, any vegan options? And they said, no. Um, and then I came back two weeks later and asked them again. And they said, no. <laughs> and it was like, uh, yeah, it's like, it's frustrating. They didn't like make fun of it there. Like, I think pretty sure they apologized, but like I've had, that that's happened multiple times where there's just mm. there's just not an option. Which like, I guess I'm probably the only vegetarian or vegan on site. But it's frustrating to 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 like to 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 feel excluded like that. Yeah. Um, and then I've also had like I've worked with people who are just they they make those jokes that you get all the time. Like I was I stayed I stay away for work a bit. And one one time I went to. Um, stay in a country town with a, a colleague working on a solar farm. And this was before I went vegan. I was vegetarian at the time. And we were ordering dinner and I ordered the vegetarian option. This guy didn't know I was vegetarian. And then he was like, oh, at least you're not fully turning your back on nature and going vegan. And I was like, nice. <laughs> anyway, two months later. And uh, <laughs> I did. But yeah, so I mean, it's just, there's a lot of that. And it's just the ingrained kind of, like you're working with people who are eating meat like every meal pretty much yeah yeah every lunch someone's like yeah. that no one's eating a vegetarian option you go out for lunch and everyone's get ordering the meat um it's quite culturally ingrained yeah yeah even like it the the people like within my office are quite generally speaking quite like socially progressive on like you know lgbt and like environmental issues and stuff mm. um but the moment i talk about you know wildlife or or farmed animals from a perspective of you know maybe we shouldn't treat them awfully it's the blind spots start to appear i guess yeah um it's interesting yeah which is it's it's frustrating to to deal with um 
Mm. It can be. Now, I know that you've got some positive stuff as well. What we might do is we might go to a break and go yep. to our first show, um, and our first song, sorry, and a couple of announcements. Uh, Trev, do you want to announce the first one? Oh, just just to uh, keep in mind, uh, the whole all of the songs that I'm playing are punk today, good old working class vegan punk, and I want to shout out <laughs> – to all of the, um, the the vegan punk rock historians and the history of punk um, because it is actually a really strong advocate for veganism and has been for quite some time, you know, back before it was cool. So uh, this today's music and today's show is all about vegan punk essentially. Yeah. yeah. And this first song is by Goldfinger and I actually saw them play this song at the – it's now called nice. Max Watts but the Hi-Fi Bar at the time. They were playing with Real Big Fish. And I think it was 2011 or 12, maybe, or maybe a little bit earlier. Um, and right before playing this song, actually, he mentioned, like, the, the lead singer mentioned how good Lord of the Fries was and that we should all get on that shit. <laughs> nice. And I had no idea. I wasn't even vegetarian at the time. So this was t- before 2010. Yeah. Um, it must have been on the tour for this album because this album was 2006, so probably 2008 or something. And, yeah, then I went vegan eight years later. So, but awesome. I went over my head, but um, and it's now, a really cool song. And now a regular Lord of the Fries customer. Yeah. 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 Nice. <laughs> that, that's punk carrying the vegan banner for, like, you yeah, know, a long time. Decades. I just thought he was randomly shouting out, like, some good chips. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, what? Okay, <laughs> it just went over my head, then I played this song.
Where does the profit your power company makes end up? If you join CoPower, you get to decide where 100% of our revenue goes. So while we work to dismantle the whole broken energy market, our members are building the world they want to live in by supporting strike funds, renewables projects, anti-poverty initiatives, and much more. So change your power company and then start changing everything else. That's what CoPower is all about. Victorian energy fact sheets and basic plan information documents are available at cooperativepower.org.au. For clear advice on the right plan for you, contact us on 03 9068 6036. A 3CR supporter. The revolution in Rojava is a beacon of hope for the world, putting direct democracy and feminism into practice on a broad scale. This radical attempt at social transformation now faces huge challenges, including daily attacks by the Turkish military with little outside recognition or aid. Show your support for Rojava by joining North East Syria Solidarity, or NESS, and help ensure the survival of this inspiring experiment in social change. NESS sends aid, raises awareness, and builds solidarity. Get involved at www.nessolidarity.org.au. NESS is a 3CR supporter. Welcome back to Freedom of Species. Before the break, that was Goldfinger with Open Your Eyes, which I didn't do after I heard that song for the first time for another six years or so. But, but maybe song. it planted the seed. Maybe. Maybe yeah, it did. Exactly. But, um, yeah, great song. Brilliant. You got there eventually. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the point. You got there eventually. And I reckon I reckon everyone who's listening can get there eventually if they're not there already. But, you know, yeah. it takes a while. Yeah. That's true. And you um, can't, like, I can't like look back on the the first part of my life where I didn't do it and just like hate myself for not no. doing it earlier. Like you got to, yeah, it takes no. time to, to understand yeah. and to adjust, I guess. Mm. Exactly. And yeah. like, you know, how many things am I personally doing now that I'll look back on years later and going, oh, why did I do that? Yeah. Why wasn't I a bit more enlightened <laughs> or whatever? Yep. We're, we're filthy humans, you know, yep. we're going to make mistakes. Why wasn't I perfect? Why wasn't I perfect? Yes. <laughs> Exactly. Yep. Um, So, yeah, if you've come and joined us um, after the break, we are talking today all about vegan tradies, vegan in the trades and the industries um, that are often quite um, not so friendly to to vegans, Um, you know, safety gear wise you know, culture-wise, that sort of stuff. But uh, we have a guest, Michael, who is a land surveyor who's come in and um, actually works in the industry or Mm -hmm. works in one of the industries that we're talking about today. Um, I wanted to go – and so, again, I've got a whole bunch of anecdotes um, from people that I grabbed when I I did a call out saying, hey, you know, give me your experiences working as a vegan in the trades. And I got quite a few of these, which is really good. Um, The next one that I'm going to do is um, I've got an anecdote from uh, from Lee of Brisbane. Uh, He's a factory worker and he said, it's easy to find vegan safety gear. The only pushback I've had is if a vegan version isn't available and the safety gear is mandatory, in which case it's an exception in his opinion. Um, And that, look, that, I think that's fair enough. Mm. Um, I've had a few people ask me questions about veganism, but never had any negative comments thrown at me about it. Not to my face anyway. Uh, People probably perceive me differently, but you know, I don't care. The one thing I've found difficult is making sure when there's a meal provided by the company, like a barbecue, that there's a vegan option provided for me. Uh, This was hard at the start of my career as I kept getting forgotten uh, being the only vegan on site. Um, But over time, it's no longer an issue. And that kind of harks back to what exactly what Mm. you were saying. I can really relate to that one. Like oftentimes people will bring in like a birthday cake or something or... 
just just like bring in some cupcakes or something. And so I'm vegan. We have a gluten-free staff member as well. And for a long time, there were just people would bring in food and we would miss out. And like, yeah, yeah I don't expect people to cater to me all the time. But recently that's changed and people have started like getting an extra thing for us to eat as well, which has been nice. That That's really good. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, actually, I wanted, there's another um, another one here I want to read out as well. Um, so we've got Tamsin, who's a rail worker from the Western suburbs right here in Melbourne again. Uh, I work on the rails and people are pretty open to you sourcing whatever gear you need. Uh, they don't stop me or tell me off or judge me heaps for it. Um, work won't pay for anything that I've had to source, such as alternate work boots. Uh, mm. I've got the vegan steel blue ones and they're really comfy. I do, however, get judged and criticized a lot during meal breaks and a lot of negative comments on my food, which can get pretty bad sometimes. I reckon I'm definitely perceived differently because I'm a vegan or maybe because I'm a girl or both. Who knows? It's a tough industry to be in as a female and a vegan. Um, and I just want to yeah. um, like doing that and sort of becoming from my own experience, um, blacksmiths are very traditional. It's a very male oriented uh, trade. Yeah. And as such, it's also a very traditional trade. And, um, you know, it, it's interesting to come like to, to have Tamsin's perspective, it, very, it echoes mine. So you kind of on the outer as a woman and do you want to be on the outer further as a vegan? And I made a choice for myself um, that to to actually not say anything when I came into the blacksmithing world about me being vegan. I decided I was going to source all of my my gear myself, mm, and yeah. because I was already on the outer as as a woman, and and I, I have had some quite negative comments, which are kind of outside the the scope of this show, but um, it shows you, you know, do you really want to? You got to pick your battles essentially. Yeah. yeah. And what I found was um, vegan welders online. So all of these people who I've talked to, a lot of them are metal workers and they're the people I got my safety gear advice mm, from, yep. which is really good. And that comes back to you, Trev, um, you were saying about safety gear. You had a, like a question about whether it was actually specifically labeled vegan or yeah. whether it was, um, you know, whether it was just basically by accident. Cause vegan. I haven't done yeah. much trade work. So I, in terms of safety gear, I haven't had much experience with that, but I know just from other things, like obviously once you've been vegan a while, you start to care about more than just the food that you're buying. So even things like, you know, shoes or other clothing and you, there's a difference between what's produced as a vegan item and what's or what's accidentally vegan, or what is most likely vegan, and you don't know. And there's so that those three categories, I think, things sort of fall in. And I was just wondering, with a lot of these like specific safety gear, when people are finding vegan options, how often is it an explicit vegan option that is like the manufacturer mm. has says it's actually vegan, or is it accidentally vegan? Or is it just hopefully accidentally vegan and we're not sure what glues or what other materials are used, but there's no obvious animal products like leather or something like that. Yeah. I feel like glue is usually the one where it's just like, you generally just have no idea. Yeah. Like if it's not labeled as vegan, you've got no idea yeah, whether exactly. it's got animal-based glue in it. Like, so the pretty sure the Magnum boots are labeled as vegan. I was yeah. actually going to ask you about that, Michael, because I've got Magnums as well. I'm pretty but confident I can't remember. it said it on the pack when I bought it on the side of the box. I'm pretty sure it said that. Um, which was nice. And, mm. but like for my tool belt, so in the past I've had leather tool belts, but, um, got one from Bunnings recently, which was made out, I think it was made out of polyester or something. Yeah. Um, didn't say vegan on it. So I'm, 
hoping. You just hope. Yeah, I'm exactly. Hoping. I'm hoping there's yeah. no like glues or or any like whatever else could be in it. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. There's not really any way of knowing, really. And it's yeah. that much tougher when it's something for work. Like it's 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 fair enough if it's things you know that are in your general life that you maybe have time to research a lot yeah. more and of. you can choose whether you buy it or not it's not it's not a safety thing yeah. You know? yeah yeah or even when you don't like like shoes you have to buy yeah. or like tires for bicycles or cars and things like I'm, i can't remember all of them now but i'm sure people are aware of like there's certain items where it's just not common to find things labeled yes. as vegan necessarily yeah. even though there's what you think is a vegan alternative and i guess it's just that ambiguity of all well, is it vegan? Is it not vegan? Yeah. Like, and I guess I was just interested to know in the world of, you know, safety gear for, for tradies, how often do you see things labeled properly vegan versus you just having to make that judgment of I'm avoiding the leather or I'm avoiding the, you know, whatever else is obviously animal source. And I think um, from my experience, um, and this kind of echoes what a lot of vegans find in products, you know, sort of that in our everyday lives, Someone has gone and done a deep dive research. Yeah. They've gone and done all of that research. They've contacted the manufacturer. They've kept the emails and then they spread it around and they say, hey, guys, this particular, you know, safety gear, um, it doesn't, it's not labeled vegan, but I asked them about the glue mm. and I asked them about the manufacturing process and everything. Like These are all the emails that they've given me and yeah. that gets spread around. So one person has done all this work, documented all of the, like the feedback they got from the manufacturer, et cetera. Yeah. Um, and that it's kind of come from that. And I know that um, I wasn't sure. Anyone that does that is an absolute hero. Oh, go, go those <laughs> champions. If you've done a deep dive for any kind of equipment or product and then you've shared that and you've documented it well, we salute you. Yes, Thank you so 100%. much. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but say my experience when I um, did some research, um, the the ones that labelled, so I, I yeah, I, I think you're right. I think the v, the Magnums are labelled vegan. But I walked into an RSEA and said, hey, I need I need vegan boots. I need non leather boots. Actually, I said I said I need non leather boots. And the woman said, "Oh, do you need vegan boots?" And I'm like, "What? Yeah. <laughs> what?" And she's like, "Oh, yeah, one of the one of the workers here. She's a um, she's a vegan, um, so she's educating us all." And I'm like, "Yes, thank you." Yeah. Um, so I got my my uh, Magnum boots, and you know they actually knew what it was, yeah. but I didn't check on the I didn't check on the um, on the label on yep. the box. But looking at gloves. Um, any of the ones that are labelled specifically vegan, I've noticed, are overseas. Yeah. So there's there's that business, Keep Vegan Mean, KVM. Mm. Um, they are really good. They've got MIG and TIG welding gloves. Um, they specifically say that they're vegan. So he's yeah. done all the research That's and everything. Good. But my ironclad gloves, my ironclad non-leather glo- leather gloves, um, they just came up in a, a – an article on vegan welding gloves. And so I've just got to, they don't specifically say that mm. they're vegan. So I have to just assume that they are. So it's yeah. kind of like they're accidentally vegan. What about the glue? Who knows? Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. And like I say glue, cause it's a common one, but it can be lots no, of things. It could, it could be, be something fibers, else. It can exactly. be dyes yeah. that are used. Yeah. It can yeah. be like, there's lots of things where they use animal products, unfortunately still. Yeah. Um, glue is just an obvious one. Cause it's in a lot of products yeah. and it's often animal source still, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I, I know exactly what you're saying because, and, and also sometimes you don't know how to trust. Like I remember when I was looking for shoes, you'd look up a, a guide online that said, these are these are the options for vegan runners or vegan, but it's like, well, how does that blogger know? No. Like, are they yeah. just listing non-leather shoes? Are they listing actual yeah. vegan shoes? How much shoes? they like, know about the process? How did they research yeah. it? And a lot of times I found it was just people listing non-leather options. Yeah. They don't actually 
they haven't done any work to see if it's actually vegan. Yeah, exactly. which I know it's better than nothing, but still, it's, it's just something more to be aware of. Choice. And the more yeah. we can, like, you know, I, I just think people should be thinking that it's not just about animal products or not animal products no. in an obvious sense. Like, yeah, there is these levels to it, and the more yeah. we can try and support and demand for those products that are credited as vegan. Like yeah. or, or labelled as vegan is better. Specified, exactly. And this is kind of the, one of the reasons why I wanted to go into this and, and have this show today because I don't think we've really talked about this as, as, a, like, as a, a subsection of society. So vegans don't sit, to get, sit around and go, hey, what about your safety gear? Hey, what about this? Hey, what about that? In the <laughs> trades, they yeah. just don't. And we've kind of – Usually just, there's only one, one or there's two. There's one person. I, I don't think I've ever you don't know met anyone another, in your workplace. I've never yeah. met another vegan on a construction yeah. site. That I'm yeah. aware of. Yeah. And um, I, I knew someone, um, um, uh, my ex-partner was a, a trucker and he used to go into a lot of construction sites and he was like, you know, kind of gruff, manly, kind of spoke their language. Um, and he wouldn't tell them immediately that he was vegan. Yeah. And when he came on and, and eventually they found out, people were really surprised. Mm. And because they knew him already as one of them in inverted commas, what he said really um, made an impact on them. So they'd come yeah. up to him and go, oh, yeah, mate, I tried tofu for the first time yesterday. How about that? And they would come <laughs> up to him and it would be a really positive experience. So, you know, it. Yeah. I guess um, in that way we need more vegan tradies to speak out and, and you know, actually say, hey, I'm vegan, I make ethical choices. You know, yep. It doesn't make me... Well, Ill. I enjoy the confrontation, so I bring it up Do you? all the time. <laughs> Good on you. <laughs> actually, on that note, you were talking in the break about an ethical conundrum that you wanted to tell us. Do you want to... Uh, it's not... Yeah, it kind of. Well, so working on solar farms and wind farms, often they're built on existing animal farms. Mm. So... Like I've been on, like one of the wind farms I worked on was a active, like they had cows there, um, which is like, obviously cows got to live somewhere. No, no shade to cows, big fan. <laughs> but um, it was frustrating seeing them there because knowing that, you know, here we are working on a wind farm, which is supposed to be, you know, about sustainability. It's supposed to be about doing the right thing for the planet. Um, and then here we are on a, on a, beef farm with cows that are being raised to be killed yeah. um for meat and like at the same time really bad for the environment and that clean and energy is like propping up in a way that animal farm i assume like is, well, is it did they own it or is it is it so separate? usually they're the the uh the energy companies will lease parts of the farm so they'll, they'll have a lease over part of the part of the land where the roads are and part of the land where the, the turbines are same thing for solar. There'll be a right. lease over where the, where the panels and where the infrastructure and the substation, they'll have leases over parts of the land. So, yeah, the, 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 the so owners of the farm will benefit from... from like, as a landlord type thing. Yeah, pretty much. Right. Um, which is like, yeah, I think we need more renewable energy. And as far as my work goes, working on renewable energy is the most rewarding part of what mm. I do. It feels like I'm doing something really good. But it, working on that environment is frustrating for me. Yeah. 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 Of course. I mean, we're going to get that changeover, isn't it? Because any large parcel of land is often yeah. going to be an animal lag land so that the, the wind farms are going to be sort of going there for at least for the time being. Mm -hmm. Well, and yeah. I think with often with wind and solar, like you, don't, you, you can't build them in a forest because the fire risk. Yeah. So exactly. they're going to be in a paddock. Yeah. 
Um, and also you're going to destroy an existing forest as well. well so yeah, you, know, you not, may as well. I'm not advocating for more <laughs> land. We've had <laughs> enough <laughs> land clearing. Exactly. Yeah. 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 No, fantastic. And um, actually just on that ethical conundrum, um, I've got another one um, that uh, this, this is from Orla, who's a carpenter, carpenter in Brisbane. And she says, the only time morally being a vegan in a trade was an issue was when I was asked to work in a meat packaging factory to install a suspended ceiling. I found it so challenging to have the crew understand that I was completely out of my comfort zone mm. and to also not let it affect the way the business looked at me. I allowed myself to get through the project and I've learned that I can say no to those things and that my morals are way stronger than how I feel about a job. I was an apprentice at the time, so it was harder to stand up, my, stand my ground, which is, yeah, it's all about that apprentice power thing as well you know, mm. when you're new in the industry. Yeah. And she says... Otherwise, in residential carpentry, the only issue is finding out where to get Smoko for everyone. Sushi and Subway have always been my suggestions, and usually the boys will cater for me um, first before deciding what they want to eat. Uh, for workwear, she says it's fairly easy, except for the shoes, which are really only purchased every two to three years, so the hunt happens around that time. Mm. And she also I do, says- I do love when vegans use the word hunt. The hunt, I know, like- <laughs> I use it all the time. We're hunting for like, vegetables. <laughs> Um, and she said, my brother became a vegan a few years after me and he's a Sparky, which is an electrician for anyone who doesn't know what a Sparky is. Uh, he's found it challenging to laugh at the dry jokes the boys make about the food and lifestyle. Otherwise, he's fairly confident and usually bites back. So, nice. yeah, yeah, two two vegan tradies in the family. Well, that's just reminded me of something else, which is um, she mentioned working on like a meatpacking plant. Mm. We don't really – I haven't worked on any like – abattoirs or anything like that in construction but we we sometimes do like surveys of farms like of the the boundaries of farms and like subdividing farms and stuff like that it's something i spoke to my boss about i'm like look i'm i'm not super comfortable working in these environments for something that's going to mm. be you know what i see as animal exploitation supporting that and and he's been like a i wasn't kind of that 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 hadn't crossed his mind at all mm. um yeah so they're kind of aware of that now which is nice um that's really good that yeah. you have. And, I mean, in, even you talking about your your feelings of discomfort is actually showing someone, hey, there's ethical boundaries around this that I've never even noticed. Yeah. Like, mm. Yeah. Which is good. I mean, you even having that conversation with your boss is actually bringing up these ethical conundrums, which is which is good. Yeah. 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 Um, I think we might go to the next show. Next uh, the next song, sorry. And <laughs> I'm really, really cooking with gas today. Um, all right. So, yeah, the next song, do you want to announce it, Trev? Uh I don't. I can't remember the name of the artist, but the the, the song was called Evolution from the EP Evolution. Oh what no, it's actually. Um, um, I was will it get Subhumans. That. Subhumans. Yeah, it's Subhumans. Subhumans there we go. is the yeah. artist. So I don't know much about this band. Do you? No. Um. So I have to admit. Um. Like. I am not into punk. It's quite shouty for me, um, a little too shouty, but I really do respect the the music and the way that they, like, they have evolved veganism. And so, like, this is just a shout-out. No idea about the music whatsoever. Just found these three cool songs and that's it. <laughs> well, I think it's, it's true that some animals appeal to people more than others do. Um, puppies and um, young rabbits. And the garden has a little white rabbit! Don't go! 
just find a fire When I find the cure, you chose When I cast a dot of smoke When I was new to Melbourne, I found a Food Not Bombs flyer on the road and I had like this feast with a carrot and carrots are my favorite vegetable. Yeah, I think they were asking for help doing stuff and I got in touch. We, I guess, rescue food. That would otherwise go to waste. I like the aspect of sharing food and um, not making anyone feel obligated to pay anything for it. We make a real point at Food Not Bombs of involving everyone who wants to be involved in whichever part they want to be involved in. For more information, go to fnbmelb.noblogs.org. Food Not Bombs is a 3CR supporter. Wildlife Victoria is a non-profit emergency response service committed to assisting wildlife in need across Victoria. Our trained and dedicated volunteers rescue and rehabilitate sick, injured and orphaned animals so they can be released back to their native habitat. If you see wildlife that may need our help, please contact us on 8400 7300. To donate or register to become a volunteer, hop onto our website at wildlifevictoria.org.au. A 3CR supporter. Welcome back to Freedom of Species. Before the break, that was... Subhumans, is that the artist? We're sure. Yeah, Subhumans, Subhumans Evolution. With Evolution yeah. from their EP called Evolution. Yes. And yeah, I'm Trevor. This is Meg. Meg. And our special guest, Michael. Hello, still yes. here. Yeah. yeah, still here. <laughs> still talking. Um, we're talking about vegan vegans in the trades um, and the ethical issues, conundrums and the culture that uh, that we have, you know, mm. that we face. Um, so I wanted to go through a couple more anecdotes um, and then Michael will get back to you with uh, with some stuff as well. And by the way, even though like we've already got these, if you're a tradie listening or if yeah. you hit the podcast and you want to send in some, like, please let us know your experience experiences as well absolutely Either over twitter or on facebook like start yep. some discussions like Instagram. the more people that talk about this and share their experiences the better i think it's really important for us to get it out there i think that we've had um, a lot of the time in the past there's been a bit of a reticence if you know you, if you're a chippy or a sparky or whatever and you're a vegan you've kind of got, it's always gone under the radar and I, I really get that like it's it's quite hard but you know if we can start at least talking to each other and you know networking and finding the gear and and you know sourcing how we can we can tackle this these issues that we have mm. i think it's a really important and powerful thing to do to start networking at least between us yeah um you know and there, there's that power imbalance as well so you know i, I come in like i'm a new blacksmith uh, i'm i'm a woman like there's mostly you know established men gruff men yeah. and you know you've got to kind of really you've got to pick your battles yeah. and i think and it must be the same with people who do this as a job you've got to pick your battles yeah. especially mm. if you're an apprentice it's really hard to speak out if you don't have the power or the experience yet. Yep. Someone will go, you, you can't do that because you don't know what you're doing yet. You, know, you can't source that safety gear. That's not up to spec or whatever, even, yeah. a, even if it might be. So, yeah. yeah. And even the people that are feeling comfortable too, like 
as we've said this whole show, like these spaces are typically the least progressive spaces that you'll yes. come across in your social networks because yeah. they are just so entrenched with these traditional views and, yeah. and the way that things have always been done. And they just, it seems to go hand in hand, like very yeah, sort of. I, I just comment on that. Not always. I've been on a lot of construction yeah. sites that have been quite progressive on a lot of issues. Okay. Like on wind, one of the wind hear. farms I was on, they had a policy that was like, no, like you couldn't bring like disposable containers and stuff with food in it. Uh, like you had to have like. Yeah. yeah so like they're. And often thank you for that. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for that anecdote. Often like they're quite like they're reasonable on a lot of issues and animals is a blind spot and like of, is, often yeah. on large projects as well like i'm not going to notice it as much as a woman would but it's found it's seemed to me that like there's a pretty significant part of the workforce on a lot of these sites that is is female it's um, definitely changing yeah, yeah absolutely yeah um and i think and also um just to put it into perspective um you know like i've been vegan a long time and talking to tradies in the industry 20 years ago who were vegan it is massively changed, yeah. massively changed. Mm. And, and this is the thing, like putting the, putting the call out, I expected to get a lot more negative answers and a lot more how right. difficult it is. Yeah, maybe it has changed um, a lot in more recent yeah, years. And, and yeah, and this was a surprise to me. And so what I found was a lot, of, a lot more neutral and actually surprisingly a lot of good stories as mm. well. But I wanted to read a few more anecdotes um, and then we can sort of get back into, you know, talking about your, your yep. experience, Michael. Um, so Rob from Sydney says that he was a carpenter for 15 years and he went vegan for the last four of those. He said, I did use a big leather buckaroo tool belt kit that I've had for the last eight years or so. I did feel a bit weird about having it when I was a vegan, but then again, it would be a waste to get rid of it and it was much stronger than most of the fabric ones. I did I did use used to like uh, the reactions I got from other tradies when they found out I was vegan. I don't shout it from the rooftops as the old joke goes, how do you how do you know someone's vegan? <laughs> I get a bit I get a bit of shit from some of the guys, but it's all fun and games. Actually, I have met a few who were either thinking about it or could see where it was coming from kind of thing, so the whole idea of being vegan. Um, being that I'm bigger than most and in good shape, I got the usual, but where do you get protein from a lot? (laughs) So, you know, I guess if, you know, if someone comes up and they're, you know, they're pretty big and maybe they're pretty muscly and then suddenly someone finds out they're a vegan, of course, you're going to get that. Where do you get your protein (laughs) from? Um, and then Matt, another good, uh, good gear story. Uh, So Matt, who is, um, a machine operator from Adelaide says, Um, My work provides gloves and they gave me a vegan-friendly boots last year. So they actually went and specifically sourced them for him. Wow. But he said he still had his old vegan magnums. They're still going strong. So he got an extra Mm. pair of vegan boots from his boss, which is really good. Now he just needs two more feet. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All all he has to do is wear them out, you know, (laughs) work boots. Um, And then I wanted to end on the last anecdote I have here is um, Lockie, who's a mining engineer from South Australia. And he says, I'm an engineer, work in mining currently. That's the only industry I've been in since going vegan. I used to run my business doing welding and fabrication and have done that sort of thing as a hobby for even longer. I went vegan about four years ago, but have been doing that for about 10 years and have been working as an engineer for nearly 15 years. The biggest thing I've faced is being able to find vegan welding gloves. I hear you, Lucky. <laughs> Mig and Tig, I've managed to find aprons, boots, and all of the other safety gear I need, but there seems to be no alternative to leather when it comes to gloves. And um, this is the same issue because, you know, welders are very similar to, like, they need, you know, heat-resistant uh, gear. Yeah. Um, 
TIG gloves, which is a type of welding, TIG and MIGA types of welding. Uh, TIG gloves I sometimes get away with a mechanics glove and a TIG finger, which is a little heat resistant sleeve that you can put over a finger or two. But I will end up melting them, burning holes in them and burning myself or exposing my hands to unwanted UV. A good thing I've noticed on mine sites in the past two to three years is the increase in vegan options and excellent food labeling uh, they have in the mess now. He says he never has to struggle to get a vegan meal, which Mm. is brilliant. And just before we go into to your anecdotes, yeah. Um, Michael, um, yeah. So I have um, I have burned the crap out of my TIG welding gloves, which I use for blacksmithing, um, because you know you're often picking up something that's too hot to handle with your bare hands. But because you got the safety glove on, you think, oh yeah, I can handle it. And then you hear this, and you go, oh well, that was a dumb thing to do. And then you look at your your glove, and you're like, oh yep, that that's a bit more wear and tear. Yeah. Um, and it, they really have to be durable because you know if you're doing, I can't imagine if I was doing that on a daily basis. Once again, filthy casual blacksmith. I don't do this as a living. Um, I can imagine that he would go through those gloves really quickly. Yeah. Although so, he'd probably learn yeah. to be a bit more careful. Yeah, look, <laughs> I I am the exception. But you know, the thing is, you learn really quickly. Um, you know, picking up hot metal with your bare hands, you will learn quickly not yeah. to do that yeah but for some reason with gloves you get this you feel invincible yeah exactly yeah. and it's like yeah, yeah i can pick that up no worries there's a bit of smoke that's yeah, okay <laughs> so yeah um but uh, you, michael you um had uh, some positive anecdotes that you wanted to talk about yeah as well. so one my one that sticks out to me is when i was working on a wind farm a couple of years ago um i was just it was me and one other guy a laborer who was helping me out that day who worked for a different company on site and we were working alone um marking out where a road was going to go and we got to lunchtime and we didn't want to drive back to the site offices because it was like a 20 minute driveway so well we just sit here and eat and he had he brought like a thermos from home that had like spaghetti bolognese in it and he was like eating that And then I was eating like, I don't know, some salad sandwich or something. And he was like asking about what I had for lunch. And I'm like, oh, it's just just a vegan sandwich. Or I can't remember what it was. It was something like that. And he was like, oh, you're a vegan. And he'd never met a vegan before. Um, And And, and how old was he? He would have been about about maybe early 20s, maybe 23, 24. Um, He'd never met a vegan before. And he was like, and just really curious and asking a lot of questions. And then he was like, I'm going to go try something. Like he was, he told me he was going to go like try something vegetarian adoption at a restaurant. And I was like, that's awesome. And it was like just a, a memory that sticks out to me is like a positive, like I've had a lot of like positive interactions, but that one kind of sticks out to me is like his first exposure to the whole idea that, you know, you don't have to eat animals. Mm, that's and, really good. and he like took it on board and was like really interested in it. Um, yeah. yeah. And I never met him again. So <laughs> if you're listening, shout out. <laughs> shout out, mate. Yeah. Don't even know your name, but it's <laughs> been real. But Betty remembers you. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just on that note, you know, because uh, you're, you're a young man as well. You're in your 20s. Yeah. Um, I want to get your opinion on, um, you know, the lay of the land with regards to your industry. And, you know, do you think it's going to get better? Do you think, you know, are we making inroads into the idea that people can be kind to animals and work in the trade and there's no issues or anything? Like how how far of a cultural change do you think has happened now and how much has got to go and how 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 um, positive are you for the future and, and that change? Um, that's a hard question for me to answer because I haven't, been vegan for very long 
Um, I've been making it for three years, but it it feels like that the general kind of mood is at least more accepting um, of veganism. Like people are supportive of it. Um, mm. I don't think that like when I look at the future for like animals, I don't, I don't, I'm not very optimistic. I'm yeah. pretty like, I can't see things getting much better anytime soon. But when I think of like the future for like what it's, what it's like to be a vegan, like it's just getting easier, which means that, you know, the more people I talk to about it, like who are, who have similar values to me, the more I talk to them and I'm like, Hey, well, if you care about the environment or if you care about ethical issues, then it's easy these days for most people to, mm. to, to make a shift to eat less meat or to stop drinking milk. Mm. Like it's, it's a feasible thing. If, if these are your values, you should look into it at least. And just, yeah, because I've, I've, I've had people be supportive of just like thinking, oh, well, you know, that's a good point. Maybe I've, you know, I had a chat with people at work and I talked to them about the, the duck hunting inquiry and I got like three colleagues to write submissions to that. Oh, that's fantastic. So yeah, like, yeah. That's actually talking, really cause, good. Cause a lot of my colleagues are like care about wildlife and I'm like, well, you know, I know you eat chickens, but you know, maybe you can write a submission about ducks at least. And they did. Yeah. So I didn't mention yeah. the chicken thing to them. I was keeping that inside, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's, some, there's some thoughts that, you know, yeah. <laughs> there are inside thoughts, but um, it's interesting that you say that. Um, I, so um, I know a few people through socialist, um, you know, work uh, yeah. who are, trade they're in the trades um you know, on construction sites etc um yeah and it's it's interesting to see how progressive things have become and if you are progressive in one way you can be convinced to become progressive in another way and i have a lot of hope actually um but yeah i guess um we kind of getting to the end of the show is there anything else you wanted to say michael just to wrap up um not really. Thank you for having me on. It's been awesome. Thank you for really coming enjoyed here. It. Yeah, it's been great. Yeah. yeah. Just like to shout out to my friend, Matt, who I stayed at his place last night. So that was awesome to Thanks, let me Matt. stay. <laughs> um, went out to a gay bar first time, which Woo, was sick. Excellent. Um, yeah, that's it. Just thought I'd advertise that to everyone. Fantastic. Cool. Yeah, no, that's good. Yep. You're in the right place. Sure. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, well, it's been great having you on the show. Cool. Um, thanks to all the listeners. Um, and we're going to head out with what we're going to head out with. Movement in the dead of night. Yes. And um, I will put all of the music on our show notes and so we'll tell you exactly what it is. But again, vegan punk, which is awesome. <laughs>
listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.